Many have remarked the speed with which Muad'Dib learned the necessities of Arrakis. The Bene Gesserit, of course, know the basis of this speed. For the others, we can say that Muad'Dib learned rapidly because his first training was in how to learn. And the first lesson of all was the basic trust that he could learn. It is shocking to find how many people do not believe they can learn, and how many more believe learning to be difficult. Muad'Dib knew that every experience carries its lesson. From The Humanity of Muad'Dib by the Princess Imran. Welcome back to I've Read Dune with Rory Voy. That guy over there is Rory Voy, and he's Red Dune. Hey, hey. And I'm Andy. And I'm Austin. And uh, today, I think we're hearing uh, about two chapters. Are we trying to do that? We're going to try to sneak in two chapters. Ooh, uh, don't tell mom. Don't tell mom that we stayed up late reading two chapters of <laughs> Dune of Frank Herbert's, of Hank Herbert's <laughs> After Hours. Hank Durbert? Night Hank Herbert's. Dang, I'm Dank. trying to tell you about Dune. <laughs> Dank Sherbert's Dune. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mom can't know. We're doing two mom chapters. No. <laughs> she can never know about our horrible transgressions. Uh, we're only supposed to read one chapter a night for health reasons, but fuck that. So, Rory. That was because the is... Dune nightmares. <laughs> What's that? What's what's our what's that, what are we in for today? Well, interestingly enough, chapter nine is where shit starts to go down. But uh, yeah, this, this book starts to pick up some real steam here. But it's just such a quick chapter; it feels kind of awkward to be like, "All right, here's the first time shit's happening for okay. you know three minutes of recording, and then uh, you know move moving on." So you know, well, I figure we'll try to s- slam it in with two a little two for Rooney. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, then whisk us away on, on your magic a- carpet, your magic dune carpet. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So, we, we open in on, uh, if you remember uh, very much previously. We don't, Dr. Ue, doc, Well, Dr. Ua was talking about how he how he gave some sleeping pills to Paul. Do you guys remember that? Okay, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was kind of unclear on the why. I don't know if that was part of his uh, spooky plan was to have Paul just be dead asleep or if maybe... This was just a way to just introduce more psychedelic drugs into the into the <laughs> into the book. It's a little well, unclear why. I mean, Paul Paul's also a teen, and you know, I think the world is generally better when they shut up. Yeah, when they shut the f up. But guess what? <laughs> just like the last time Paul went to, I don't know when Paul sleeps because every time he goes to sleep in this book, he's just faking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why they got to give him some codeine. That's why they got to give him those pills, I guess. But he has stayed up past his bedtime, just like us. He palmed, the, he palmed that sleeping pill and is just laying there wide awake, anxious about being on the planet Arrakis, I guess. I mean, it does sound like it sucks. Get those first day of school jitters. So he gets up and he starts poking around this bedroom. And uh, he's just like, you know, he, see, he notices the place seems to have been specifically designed to appeal to him. Uh, 
<laughs> which is exactly what it was. And he fell for it like a big dumb idiot. Like posters of his favorite bands. Yeah, it's all, all my favorite bands. <laughs> Godsmack. <laughs> all right. How did they know? So, yeah, so Paul is looking around his room for various, uh, uh, all the things that, that have made him such a, that have that have attracted him to this to this room not really anything interesting or specific it's like the headboard of the bed and stuff like that is this kind of <laughs> like how they'd select a dalai lama kind of looking at the toys? yeah kind of like that yeah it's just if like stuff like in the, the house if they like the stuff, stuff. yeah no wait, yeah. you say you say that his headboard was exciting like like no all not they, literally they... but he, that's the kind of stuff he's observing he's not saying you know we joked about the 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 posters and stuff but there's nothing explicitly polish about this room you can't really infer much but right. this is the room that they were gonna that they were gonna like sneak way down into his subconscious and make him like you know <laughs> yeah yeah so so then the hunter seeker arrives the hunter seeker is this this uh flying bigger than a needle uh let's call it this it's 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 a it's it's a levitating needle but it's maybe the size of like a knitting needle kind of but very sharp a really really big category hunter seekers are bigger than a needle (laughs) yeah yeah, fair enough it's a needle shaped but i i feel like you can't say needle shaped if it's the size of a sword or a knife now yeah yeah yeah. is it like it's like a baby carrot maybe i think it's like a a knitting needle is how i imagine it like a very sharp knitting needle Sure, and it okay. floats around and enters this room and and it's kind of it's got uh, a dinosaur rules where if Paul, Paul knows if he doesn't move it can't really see him that good. Uh, okay. The hunter seeker is piloted by a person, but I oh. guess it sees motion and it just it wants uh, to find out if he's really asleep, like he said he no, was. No, this, this is the, this is the first night in Iraq is and uh, this is an assassination attempt, my dude. Oh, this thing's shit. gonna shit. this hunter seeker is it's. it's it's blade shaped for a reason. Oh, it, oh! Mm. I feel like it's kind of ripping off that scene in Attack of the Clones, where yeah, it's ripping off kill, Attack of the Clones is exactly right. Kill Padme. Yeah, that was which is with a, like a living centipede creature. Yeah, it's nothing uh, like this floating needle. It's kind of like a floating needle. It's kind of like that actually, but they're ripping off the movie Dune. <laughs> I mean, they're ripping off the book too, but no, it's a, it's a lot like the scene. In, you can watch the, whatever. I, 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 I've screamed myself blue in the face saying that Star Wars is just Dune. Okay, just okay. Dune there's for a, gods. Yeah. There, there's a hunter seeker. You said this was a short chapter, and and, this, and well, yeah. You guys keep interrupting gonna, with your jokes with your hilarious jokes. We're very funny, Rory. To be fair. So now Paul is Paul is standing still, and he's kind of examining his options. He's he doesn't sleep with his. Uh, he just calls it a shield, but I, it's some sort of like gravity sort of well that pushes bullets away and stuff. Mm, okay. It's my impression of the shield. Uh, had I had my book in front of me, we could have gone check the glossary. Uh-oh, truth comes out. <laughs> Rory lost his book. I know. I can't find the book today. Sorry, you guys. You can support our Patreon and uh, <laughs> buy Rory a new book. Buy Rory a new copy, dude. <laughs> Needy Rory's need copies of Dune. <laughs> <laughs> every month we'll buy rory a new copy of Dune. <laughs> he's going to the various options so he knows that a person is controlling this and he knows that they are nearby mm-hmm. and he knows that the main way that the hunter seeker uh, is uh has sight you know i guess mm-hmm. it's written in the 60s you didn't have i don't know how easily you could 
expect a camera to be on a on a flying needle. So that's fair. It, and so as he's as he's deliberating how he's going to uh, you know get out of this situation without getting poked in the face, uh, our lady, our our spooky witch lady, Mapes enters the room. <gasps> the shadow. And the hunter sick. Right. Yeah, shout out Mapes and the the. <laughs> and the she's the one seeker. who has a life debt, right? She owes like. Lady she Jessica. made a sword disaster. I think that's uh, that's been she did. She cleared that with the hint that tonight's going down. Oh, I see. I see. I see. So uh, so she enters the room. The hunter seeker dives at her. Uh, Paul, because he's very fast and smart and good at everything, catches the <laughs> catches the hunter seeker uh, midair and smashes it into the door. What Damn. a Gary uh, Stew. What a, what, a, what a wonderful Gary Stew. Uh, well, he's not really because he's not very likable. He's, right. he has a <laughs> he's, he's good at everything, but he's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> so now Paul's going kind of going through the the various um, outcomes of, of this. So he knows now uh, Mapes is basically the only person in the castle besides his mother and father that he thinks couldn't possibly have been steering this this hunter seeker mm-hmm. because he sees it almost killer. Right. Uh, now, and we were just talking about that. Now, Mapes has a new water burden for to to Paul for saving her life, and she's none too happy about it. She's like, Fuck! She's like, God damn it! I'm lousy with life debts. Why do I keep doing this? Uh, so uh, she says that she tells him she knows there's a traitor within House Atreides, uh, which Paul thinks is is uh, hogwash. But yeah. Uh, she doesn't really care. He's like, believe me or don't believe me, the debt's paid. Uh, I say, you know, so deal with it. Uh, Paul uh, Paul sends Mapes, uh, I think, to Uh-oh. go find his father. To go to go tell to go tell her his father's men that he's going to find his mother. And his mother and Mapes just came from telling from Lady Jessica's side to go find Paul because of that. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tonight's when it's going down. So she What's says, down. So, so Lady Jessica says, "Go find Paul." Paul says, "Go find my dad." And and now Paul's going to his mom in the weirding room. Oh no! What do they do there? Oh, we don't know yet. That's the I end. Re- is... I reject. I reject. You don't like the weirding room? I reject this. I I, I I'm reject s- this. I'm sitting by and accepting a lot of things from this, but the weirding right, so this room. Is, this was chapter nine. No, the weirding room is dope because weird stuff is cool. Does every house in uh, Iraq has to sort of have a weirding room. <laughs> uh, I would guess you. I don't know. Is it like a mud room? Like how some it's not like a mud, mud room. room. It's not. It's not like a Massachusetts mud room. <laughs> That's where you come put your stinky boots. <laughs> And then there's just somebody in there going, ooh, that's weird. <laughs> that's so weird in this weirding room. Uh, okay, so that's a little cliffhanger. Great. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Dune. This is all the content. No, wait, 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 wait. No, stop. You're mistaken. Oh. <laughs> We've got one more one more. Trappy. We're going to dig into one more. All right. Okay, so- well, wait a minute. No, no. If we're doing one more episode, I think we need to do some sort of weird. I think we need to cut to, like, the intro again. <laughs> I think we need to do this over again. <laughs> What had the Lady Jessica to sustain her in her time of trial? Think you carefully on this Benny Gesserit proverb and perhaps you will see. Any road followed precisely to its end leads precisely nowhere. Climb to the mountain just a little bit to test that it's a mountain. From the top of the mountain, 
you cannot see the mountain. For Muad'Dib Family Commentaries by the Princess Irulan. Chapter 10, still going, still here. <laughs> it's it's Fun ever doing good break. What nice yeah, we're all we're all refreshed and rested. But we're up after after hours now. We're doing what mom <laughs> we're doing what mom said. said all three of us are, are are under one blanket with a flashlight yeah. and we're we're looking at this book and Rory's reading it aloud to us because we can't read. No, I can't read. <laughs> Rory or Andy's being nice. He can read, but I can't. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't want to out you on air, you know. I mean, that would be sort of a shit move, but uh, but no, Austin is entirely just a fucking idiot. So yeah, I can't even see letters. I just see blank pages. <laughs> I don't see letters. I be letters. <laughs> <laughs> when I see letters, then you can be letters. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, uh, it's chapter ten. It's chapter Tell ten. Tell us about chapter ten. Chapter 10, we open on uh, Lady Jessica meandering around the halls of this of this good castle. And uh, I don't remember when it's explicitly revealed, but we get the impression now that this is we're, we're back some amount of time from from chapter nine. No. Uh, oh, OK. OK. No hooting and hollering in the halls as 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 bad stuff's going down, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> so Jessica finds uh, a, a very funny door. She thinks, well, that's so very weird. That's so weird. What a weird door. Uh, it's <laughs> locked. It's it's locked with the uh, with what's called a palm lock, which I guess is something you can only open if you're a Benny Gesserit witch. So do with that as you will. It's a Benny Gesserit. Mm. The weirding room is a basically a Benny Gesserit, you know, sanctum. Oh, oh, like not like the... so smart now. Like weird, like. Like W Y R D, like no, they like, don't spell it that way. But that's kind of the th- weirding is if the weird is their power. So weirding, you gotta to, appreciate to the restraint from Frank Herbert there to just spell <laughs> it normally. <laughs> we're sort of we're sort of like Macbeth witching here at this yeah. at this point, yes. you know, like okay, okay. I'm I let it let it be known. I'm a little bit more on board with the weirding room. Good. So before she opens the door, Mapes arrives to tell her that the Duke's men ha- are looking for Paul. There's been an attempt on the Duke. Shit's going down. Mm. Uh, Jessica tells Mapes where to find her son, and uh, she goes into the weirding room. All right. So inside, Jessica finds an airlocked room serving as a plant ro- la- plant greenhouse. Or a greenhouse. Uh, it's full of plants and waters. It has it has tons of friendly sunlight and um, very nice plants. So wait, you said an airlock? Yeah, interesting. Or what you might, or what the British might call a waterlock, mm. or watertight. You know, they say watertight instead of airtight, but I think the that Brits makes live point underwater. clear. Because the Brits are from the sea town Atlantis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, the airlock, the water, it's water. The water stays in the room. 
That's not, it's not like a spaceship. It's for the drip, drip, drip of the good water. <laughs> uh, uh, Jessica's kind of floored by how much water it must take to kind of power this room. And she finds a letter, a letter from Margot Lady Fenring. Now, this is a okay. character, we, we're not going to need to know too much about them, but this is going to give us a little insight into this planet. We had thought uh, previously uh, that the house was literally run by uh, House Harkonnen. Uh-huh. And it's clear now that the Harkonnens were actually these sort are, are, are this new money that come up somewhere within the 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 um the guild and and this uh government this governor's mansion was run by a standing governor. Interesting. Instead of a sitting governor like Baron Harkonnen. Well, instead of a big city, yeah, big sitting monster. So, just the Harkon, the the Harkonnens have never outright controlled this planet, which is why we were, which is why this is the attempt is happening now. Uh, mm. We we were under the impression that they'd been kind of kicked out from controlling it. They've been kicked out from essentially controlling it, but not literally. They were not they were not the the rulers of Arrakis at any time. They Got just it. had a, they just had their grubby little fingers in in the pot much deeper than than now. I I, I want to say got it, but I also don't want to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Jessica finds a letter from Margot Lady Fenring, Lord Fenring being the emperor's proxy on Arrakis before the Atreides arrived. Uh, the letter warns that the proximity of a desirable thing tempts one to overindulgences and that on that path lies danger. I, I love just sending my friends incredibly <laughs> yeah. vague I, letters. I love giving you guys a chance to respond like you have any sort of, like you have the ability to just <laughs> <laughs> expect that to have meaning. So basically, uh, this is um, this is a little preamble that uh, is coded with uh, Benny Gesserit. Uh, this is a letter from one from one BG to another BG. Okay. So now now they're on the same page. Now she knows. Uh, that uh, the lady Margot is is on is on Team BG, and that this room is a Benny. Je- I guess she already knew it was a Benny Jesse room because it was locked. I don't know. You get it. It's now she knows. So uh, this letter is about to be good. This good letter. And 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 okay. So wait a minute. So who is who is this woman? One more time, Margot Lady Fenring. Lady Fenring. Margot Mar- uh, Margot Mar- is lady is Lady Fenring. Lord Fenring is the emperor's proxy on Arrakis before the Atreides arrived. Okay. Okay. So they're just, they were just governors. They were yep. not, uh, they're not going to be characters we need to keep track of forever. Got it. Great. Did they die? Uh, it's unclear. I think they just left. They just left. Okay. Jessica searches for a hidden message and discovers one on a leaf positioned near the letter written in super top secret Benny Gesserit code. The message warns Jessica of the Baron's plans Always drink your Ovaltine. Always drink your Ovaltine, (laughs) including the attempt on Paul's life and the betrayal of a trusted friend. So they know they know the Baron's got a guy. Paul has been said somebody's on with somebody within House Atreides. Now I think what they mean here is not Paul, Jessica, or um, right, right, or the Duke himself, but but not just somebody who's you know not just a soldier in a hat. Somebody, somebody in the upper circle. Mm Hmm. They now know somebody in the yeah in the inner circle is is uh, a traitor. Uh, naturally, the letter doesn't contain all the details <laughs> because you know she. Uh, Marco says she's in. A, Dune's I, over. 
Yeah, so we get the impression Margot's writing this with much haste. Um, though, why, you know, it's a handwritten letter with, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in, with a convoluted code. I don't know. But, uh, you know, pl- needless to say, uh, they've given, uh, Herbert has given a modest excuse for why this letter doesn't just have the plot of Dune in it. Sorry, I, I forgot there wasn't a character named Herbert. I was trying to figure out what you were referring to. <laughs> Mr. Frank to. or Herbert. Or okay. Mr. Yeah, Mr. I'm on the page now. I'm on that page. All right. So where we're at then, she's she's gotten this message inside of a, you know, she's inside of a spooky room that is kind of a cool Benny Gesserit room. And yeah, yeah, yeah. now she knows that now someone's going to betray them. Yes, but before she can actually do much with this information, that the, the the attempt she knows there's going to be an attempt on Paul's life, but she's yeah. already sent Mapes to go to Paul. Yep. So she learns it, and as she learns this, Paul comes, you know, wheeling into the room with the with the smashed hunter seeker in his hand, right. and uh, now that he sees that there's a you know some sort of wishing well in this in this in this <laughs> plant in this in this greenhouse, he submerges it to you know fry up all the electronics. Ah, okay. Uh, Jessica wonders if the betrayal of a friend suggests that Howitt will betray House Atreides, given that Howitt was the one who cleared this this place as, like, good to go. He's there. He's there. Mm-hmm. He's there. He's their sneaky snake. He's there. He's there. Their master assassin. And he's the one who cleared it for no assassins. <laughs> I promise. I promise no assassins in here. Only one assassin is me, dude. <laughs> Oh, Paul, 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 they, they, they discuss it in a, in a calm and meaningful discussion about how it can't be, how it, um, we'll get it. Well, I think, I think that gets, I think that gets, that gets further explained later. So one of how it's men enters, he explains that they found the operator of the, of the hunter seeker, uh, which was just some dude in a, some dude in a, um, in an Atreides uniform, some, uh, some unnamed mook. Is un- just, they don't know just if Doug. he was a Fremen. Yeah, it's just Doug. <laughs> uh, the man died before he could spill the beans on the whole betrayal. Oh. You know, did the old, did the old, did the old. Can't You can't, dead man tells no tales, dude. Well, cyanide, cyanide tooth action. I don't think he had to sign on his tooth, but yeah, he makes it. He, he's suicide by cop, if nothing else. Okay, so this is all pretty convenient, I guess. Yeah, it's a little convenient, um, but I think we remember... There's supposed to be a fake assassination attempt to make them believe that they have foiled the assassination attempt. I, re- I remember this. This is right. Yeah, this. yeah. No, that's been established. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's this. Um, yeah, we learned about that in that. Okay. Shady I think I think I think chapter. the Baron says that at the very beginning, right? He's yeah, like, we're we're gonna. Yeah, right. So this is an easy to foil yeah. attempt, or easy enough. Got it. Yeah. Uh, since they believe the conservatory is fake, Jessica and Paul stay inside while the guard takes position outside. Jessica and Paul discuss Howitt and the letter. Jessica doesn't believe Howitt guilty of anything except being old and overworked. There we are. Uh, <laughs> and she warns that the letter may exist simply to sow distrust among them. So now they are, they, they're, they're poking holes in this assassination attempt as the attempt. They think it, it's possible that if everybody doesn't trust each other, then it's going to be easier for the real assassin to, to make his move. Damn, they smart. They smarts? She tells Paul to tell his father, but only in private. Jessica notices someone signaling through the conservatory window. So she sees uh, that people are signaling each other through not Morse code, but essentially Morse code with with some with a light up in the cliffs. She I don't know. It's kind of an odd observation. Like we I, I guess, again, this is 
a 60s thing where they need to explain away communication in a way that people with cell phones wouldn't we weren't that concerned yeah. about these people might might be communicating totally. so she's she's thinking about how it, anybody using these lights means they're not using the radio bandwidths which means they don't want to be caught which i don't know why that needs explaining that's a duh <laughs> that's a duh to me but i don't know uh she she uses it as a deduction that these people could only be the harkonnens and that uh this was the assassination attempt on their life that they've been warned against. And that's yeah. chapter 10. And so now now that there's been an assassination attempt, now they're not going to be really on the guard for a second one. Well, that is that is the plan. We will yeah. see exactly how guarded they are about future attempts. Um, sure, sure. And if they're going to suspect yeah. that doctor... That, that the good doctor Yue is going to do a little no-no. A little no-no into Paul's oopsie. <laughs> oh god it did sound that's that sounded, the medical yeah, term. I, I really i really i really don't like the idea that a doctor is gonna do a no-no into a kid's oopsie like i know but when it's a kid it sounds really <laughs> gross and i i regretted saying it <laughs> oh man uh okay so you're right you were right shit really started happening in these chapters it's going down now dude <laughs> You gonna say it like that every time? <laughs> I think so. I think for this chapter, this is gonna be my <laughs> my talking like that chapter. Shit's going down now. Shit's going down now. I'm excited for shit to go down because <laughs> I feel like it's it's about time for shit to go down. Shit's shit's been percolating for a while and it needs to start going down. Well, thanks, Rory. Well, thank thanks you for being thanks for our guide. My, thanks for talking to talking about Dune with me, my best friends. Yeah. He's, uh, he's Rory Voy. He's read Dune. We're Austin and Andy. And now you've kind of read chapters 9 and 10 of Dune. Dune.